Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining. Uh, I am here with my newly acquired friend, Michelle Dye, who is the chief strategist for Dynamic Media. Uh, and that is D-Y-E, by the way, for those that are interested. Uh, thanks for joining, Michelle. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. How are you doing these days? I am good. Um, I know a lot of people are adjusting working from home, but I have been doing that for a couple years now. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm used to kind of that routine. And uh, I know some people are, are struggling right now not being able to be with their coworkers. Yeah. Uh, my dog makes an excellent coworker. So um, she keeps me company. <laughs> oh, yeah. She, well, <laughs> definitely. She is the boss. So, yeah. you know, she lets me know when it's time to play ball or go for a walk or have a treat. So mm -hmm. she's, she's great, though. Uh, not that I'm comparing, but my daughter is also very good at telling me when uh, she's <laughs> ready for her treats. Uh, I'm sure. After lunch. <laughs> After dinner, sometimes the second she wakes up in the morning. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, um, I'm glad that you're, uh, you know, comfortable at home and you're acclimated and, you know, getting used to, to everything. And uh, I'm interested in learning a little bit more about your background uh, in marketing. And uh, let's start at the beginning. What was that? What was that moment you realized you had to be? Uh, a, a marketing professional? Sure. Well, you know, as corny as it sounds, it really does go back to my high school yearbook editor days. Um, <laughs> I was on yearbook. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So I, you know, I had always been a creative type of person and my parents were very encouraging of that. So growing up, you know, I was taking art classes on Saturdays my mom was studying photography at the Art Institute. And so I'd mm -hmm. tag along to some of her, her photo shoots and whatnot. And so I kind of gravitated toward the camera at a very early age. Okay. And the experiences I had in high school with yearbook and TV production and newspaper all gave me an opportunity to really explore my photography passion. And then that kind of led into some design work as well. And um, so that's really what started it for me. And then what really solidified it was a couple of programs I did in high school. I went to summer programs for journalism at the University of Florida. And then I also did one at the University of Maryland. And that just opened my eyes a little bit more to the field and the different opportunities that existed. And so I knew I was definitely going in the right direction. I knew what I wanted to study in, in college, and I studied magazine journalism. And at the time, when I started uh, college at UF, I was thinking, I want to be a creative director of a magazine. Mm. And some other things happened along the way, and I ended up working for the athletics department in media relations. And I got hired there to be a designer, to help them with game day programs, media guides, all of that good stuff. And then it kind of morphed into, you know, a whole other thing with media relations. And it was a wonderful experience. I got so much out of my working there. I worked there three years undergrad and then got hired as one of their full-time interns mm -hmm. after I graduated. And the experiences I had were just 
priceless. I, I got a great foundation in my coursework, but what really set me on a good path was, you know, taking that opportunity and making the most of it, uh, working with the athletics departments, the contacts, the experiences, um, the, the level of different types of jobs I was exposed to uh, yeah. in there. It, it solidified it. And I honestly, when I worked in athletics, I thought that I was going to do it forever. And I'd have some mentors tell me like, Michelle, if you keep going at this pace, you're going to get burned out. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I love it. Like I was working seven <laughs> days a week. Um, it, it didn't even really slow down a whole lot in the summer because uh, mm -hmm. you were preparing for, you know, your football media guides and, you know, training camp and, and all of that. Um, and eventually I, I did get burned out and I had other opportunities, um, that were offered. Um, one being the, uh, director of communications for a college of health and human performance at UF. And I was 23. I was the youngest director on campus wow. and you know, it was an opportunity I couldn't, I couldn't turn down. It was scary leaving my little athletics bubble, even though I was burnt out. Um, and then I was going somewhere and I had to create their whole communication strategy really from the ground up. They didn't, mm -hmm. it was a smaller college. It was three departments, uh, but it had a healthy enrollment, um, faculty doing some really great research and, yeah. you know, that all that they really did from a communication perspective was produce an alumni magazine and it was outsourced. A lot of it was put together as far as the articles go by faculty members. And that was, that was what they did. Um, so I came in there and built a strategy, uh, built an alumni engagement program, events, an ambassador program for students, a mentoring program for students, um, I did a lot, a lot of things when, when I left there, they, uh, had to create three positions to fill mine. So, um, so I do have this pattern of just kind of, you know, being a go-getter and, mm -hmm. and wanting to do all the things because I love doing all the things. So yeah. you're um, a high performance machine. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, um, and then it, it was a great experience. I, you know, I had a lot of freedom to really be creative in another different way. So I wasn't just designing things, but I was creating strategies and programs um, that saw, you know, an impact on, you know, our fundraising efforts. You know, some, uh, something like our, our college was right next to the football stadium, like liter literally right next to it. And there were some other colleges on campus that were having tailgate parties. And I just kind of thought, hmm, why aren't we doing that? You know? Right. And so I started these alumni tailgate parties and worked with our development director and alumni that hadn't felt connected to the college in so long. They were connected to the university and the athletics program, but their college where, you know, they spent the bulk of their time studying, they felt connected again. And mm -hmm. then they wanted to get involved. And, you know, we had... Um, somebody come in that decided to give us a million dollar gift and wow. it was because he was connecting again. And we, I had my student ambassadors there hosting. It was, it was, it was great. So that's kind of how I really wound up 
deciding like higher ed was a great fit for me, um, mm -hmm. even after I moved from athletics. And I went on to work in higher ed for 14 years. Well, that's incredible. You know, uh, just to hear your story and how like you just kept leveling up in that period of time. I mean, you put the work in, obviously you deserved whatever you got, right? Yeah. But um, it just goes to show you that like there are ways to uh, build your career in higher ed. It's not one of those things where like, okay, I'm in this position and I guess I'll be here forever. Or, you know, you, if you're ambitious and motivated, you can climb that ladder, so to speak. Absolutely. Um, I think the big thing is being observant and understanding what the university's strategic goals are. Mm -hmm. And I think in my, in my past job at uh, University of South Florida, so I had moved to Tampa about 10 years ago and worked there for about eight years. Um, I, because I came from the University of Florida and people are like, oh, she came from UF. Mm -hmm. um, and because UF is just a longer established university than USF. USF is, was established in, in the 50s. Yeah. Um, I got pulled on to some strategic uh, planning committees. And that was a great experience for me to actually watch and see how that was being formulated. And then it helped me understand what the key um, priorities were for the university so that, again, I was hired for a role to create a strategy for mm -hmm. a college that um, wasn't as connected with alumni and, and kind of even on campus and external audiences. And so understanding what the university's goals were, I could align what I wanted to do. And then when I did think kind of outside the box or something creative, I found the way it fit into, you know, the right. bigger picture. And then I, you know, I had a wonderful boss who was also a creative individual. His background was interpersonal communication and organizational communications. And he was very supportive of, you know, my ideas and building upon them and just kind of set me free to do my thing. And so it was, it was great, but it definitely is very easy. I think in higher ed to not feel like you're getting professional development opportunities or even having a path to advance. And I know a lot right. of academic advisors feel like that too, because there's really, there's not really necessarily a concrete uh, career trajectory for that. Um, and same with lecturers and adjuncts. Yeah. And so um, sometimes you have got to create your own magic and um, find a way to make something happen. And if you hit a wall and can't keep growing where you're at, then you need to look for other external opportunities. And you may need to switch it up and you know, look for a different job um, and, and just don't settle for, you know, kind of feeling stuck. Right. And, you know, I, I'm so glad you brought that up because uh, I've had a lot of conversations with folks like you and me, higher ed marketers, and, you know, some of them do hit that wall that like they do feel stuck, especially if they're really focused on social media efforts, because that is, that is just an ongoing thing that never stops. And um, it's, it's just a hard thing to do um, and to do well, nevertheless. Right. And um, a lot of the folks that I've spoken to, they 
they they value their day job. They they do good work there. They put the effort in, um, but they also, to your point, realize like, yeah, there may not be a lot of growth in this particular track or channel or whatever. And they decide to start their own side company, side hustle, right? Um, I mean, when I was when I was faculty, I always had a company I was running or starting. I'm on my fourth one now. And, you know, it gives me that validation and that, that opportunity to do the work that I'm interested in that I don't get to do during the day. Um, and I'm able to get a lot of value out of that. Um, you, uh, I believe, probably chose a, a similar route with, you know, with your cons consultation practice, right? Uh, what what would your advice be for for someone that is ambitious and entrepreneurial, um, but is also on that higher ed side? You know how do, how do they channel that energy appropriately? Sure. Um, so yeah, I think the the big thing is to is to kind of do your research and be observant and find out what are some pain points for people that you have the solution for. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm actually, in addition to my business that I have right now, I'm getting ready to start another company and I'm doing the market research for right now. Okay. And that's great. I think, you know, one doing your research and it can't just be about what you're passionate about. The passion is very important, but if there's not a need for it, or if you don't have a way to turn it into some sort of viable business, you're going to find yourself stuck on a hamster wheel and just mm -hmm. constantly going and going and going and, and going nowhere. Um, so understanding what those needs are and how you fit into that um, and how you can serve others is, is a big thing you need to figure out before you just kind of jump into something. Um, I think the other thing is, is to really understand the business side of things. So if you don't have a business background, there's so much information either through books or, you know, free online classes um, that you need to think about. So, you know, you need to think about trademarks and copy, copywriting where you may mm -hmm. be used to in your job that already has been done for you, you know, right. with your logos and your, your branding, but you've got to do that yourself. Um, mm -hmm. You need to have an attorney to do terms and conditions for, you know, your website or any products that you're going to sell disclaimers. Um, so those are things that you need to line up and then um, get yourself a good accountant and you, and you mm -hmm. need to have everything set up properly. Um, another thing for me, for my company uh, that I currently have right now, dynamic media. You know, I talked with my accountant, we looked at kind of the volume of work I was doing, the types of clients that I was working with. And he decided, you know, look, you can just set it up as a DBA, so a doing business as. Um, so I have a separate, you know, tax identification number, um, mostly because my social security got nabbed for somebody else's taxes one year. And uh -oh. so I have kind of yeah. these extra steps with um, the IRS to assure that it is me that's actually filing. Um, and then you want to look at, you know, if you're doing a lot of volume or working with a lot of different customers, you need to look at 
are my assets protected if somebody mm -hmm. sues me for something? You know, you never know what could go wrong or who's going right. to file a complaint. Um, so you need to, to look into, well, do I set up as an LLC? Do, you, do I set up as an S Corp? Like all those different things. Yep. And there's resources online, usually with your state. Um, they'll have a small business department. You can get a lot of that information. But I encourage Practic people to think about that. Practically all universities have an SBDC. So yeah, tap into yeah. some of those resources. Yeah, definitely. Because sure. um, you, you just need to think about those things. And um, yeah, and then, you know, build your website and, and all of those fun things that marketers already love to do. <laughs> right. um, and so for my new project um, that I'm working on, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in that idea research phase and I'm sketching out things. And I would just encourage the creatives out there that are thinking about doing this. You can go down a rabbit hole with your creative. You're doing it for yourself. You have all these ideas. And so yep. I would encourage you, you know, spend enough time on it that you're happy with it. But don't spend so much time on it to try to get things perfect. Right. Because you're never going to launch. Because you're yeah. still going to be working on your stuff six months from now. So oh, I've yeah. had to have... Constantly. <laughs> had this little talk with myself actually last night when I was looking at color palettes and I'm like, Michelle, you know, you can pull together your ideas now, but you've got all these other pieces, you know, you right. have to work on first. And I just had to reassure myself, you know what, your brand and your look and feel is going to evolve over time anyway. And especially mm -hmm. when you're in that initial phase of testing things out, what you may love and spent so much time on may not resonate with your audience. And so you have to do some, some other testing too. Um, so, you know, don't, don't end up spending all your time focusing on the creative. And I think as marketers, that's where we can get tripped up is focusing mm -hmm. on what naturally comes to us and what we thrive on doing every day. And we gotta be able to step back and put our kind of CEO hat on. And, right. and think about some other logistics so that you can actually create something viable um, that's fulfilling, that's worth your time, um, because it needs to energize you and not drain you, because you're right. probably already feeling a little drained from work. I know I did, because as you mentioned before with social media, that's a round-the-clock thing that you're having to, to worry about. Um, and think about. And um, if you're constantly in work mode all the time, you're going to have to start carving out some time for you to grow the business or the side hustle or, you know, another dream that you may have, like going back to school. Um, mm -hmm. I decided for me, I needed, if I was going to really go and get my master's degree, I personally couldn't be working and then get everything out of school that I wanted to get out of. Right. So I made the decision, I was in the position to do so. So I wasn't, you know, going into debt or anything um, where I could leave my job and take time off to focus on school full time. Cause I, I did an accelerated program and after going through it, there is no way I would have one got the grades that I did and, and grades aren't the most important thing, but I actually got the information and learned it. And I think right. I could have skated through the program, skimmed the text, not put in, you know, that hundred percent effort on it. 
and I wouldn't have gotten as much out of it. I would have just, to me, that would have felt like for my personal situation, I would have just had a piece of paper. Like I really wanted to, to dig into it. Um, cause I, I studied executive leadership and it was really my first exposure to business classes as a journalism Mm -hmm. major in undergrad. I didn't take any, any business classes. I, I did everything to avoid any sort of extra math courses as most journalism (laughs) students can relate to. And it was like, okay, how do I, how do I work around, you know, the math requirement? And, and so I got creative there with some, with some loopholes and ended up taking, you know, extra computer courses, which for me were way more valuable. Um, You know, HTML and, and CSS and Java, hey, that counted as a math class. So no, well, hey, you know, that makes <laughs> that makes total sense. I mean, uh, when I was teaching, that is pretty much all I, I taught was web design for graphic designers. And, yes. and I always told them, I said, this is a design class, but you need to also approach it like it's a math course because yeah. I'm not teaching them formulas. Well, in a sense, but I'm mostly yeah. teaching them logic. Logic. Yeah. Know? Yeah. So, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So, so that would that would just be my advice to, you know, people looking for other ways to kind of grow and expand their opportunities is you got to put your business hat on. You know, one of the, when I started my first company in the later, you know, like around 2007, 2008, one of the things that I didn't even think of, which again goes to show you how much of an amateur I was as a first, I mean, you're all, you got to start, got to start somewhere, excuse me, but I didn't realize how much time I would be spending on sales and chasing down money and getting contracts completed. So like I didn't even have time to do my, my financials necessarily. Like I was always having to do sales because I was in a fortunate enough position where like the the second year of the business, I was able to take on interns and some freelancers and employees and such. And they cost so much money. Oh my God, so much money. And um, that's all I was doing. And uh, it got to a point where it's just like, this is not sustainable. It's just like, it's not good for my soul. <laughs> like I didn't mind doing the sales. It wasn't that, it was, I missed the creative. I missed the, the creating things that that really was missing and it killed all of my enthusiasm. Yeah, I think that's, that's something really important to consider. You know, for me right now, um, my clients have just been kind of in my sphere of influence, you know, Mm -hmm. and people I've known, um, people that get referred to me. And so I haven't done as much sales uh, necessarily, but to your point, it's really easy to get so caught up in other things of the business Mm -hmm. and it can kind of set you back in other areas. So you really need to be aware. So for me personally, like I found, I spent majority of my time doing things for my clients and taking care of what I needed to do for them, taking care of their social media. I mean, if you looked at my social media for my company, it's a hot mess because I'm, I don't have the time to devote to it. Um, So, which in turn is not good for business if you're trying to get people who don't know you. Yes. Um, So trying to find the 
time to even just take care of your own business stuff has been challenging. And, and really, honestly, with the social distancing and um, kind of the, this lockdown that we've been on, I, I, I've only left my house for car rides four times since March. I haven't gone anywhere. Yeah. Um, and, and mostly that's just because I, I have like some high risk health things with my, with my heart that it, it would be a really bad thing uh. if I got COVID. Um, so with all this extra time of me not, you know, going shopping or to Target or the grocery store, those different types of things, I've really had a lot of time to think about my business, the direction I want to take it in. Um, you know, what are the things that I don't know? And so I've been doing a lot of online classes, like trying to figure out, okay, what, what are some things I can be more efficient at, but also mm -hmm. being intentional with my own business goals. So like right now I'm working on my website. I, I threw my, threw together my website a couple years ago. Um, and like I said, I spend so much other time working on my clients' websites and, and different things. I hadn't really built mine out. Um, so I've started spending more time doing that. And so I think as people, um, you know, think about taking on, you know, a, a starting a company or a side hustle, I would just encourage them when they are thinking about the number of clients they can handle, they need to keep in mind, okay, what are the things that I need to do for my own business too? Right. What's your build capacity? That in. Um, and, you know, and when you can get the revenue in that you're getting and you can hire some staff, then as you, you could probably speak more to this, but then you can be really strategic in what you're hiring people to do. So mm -hmm. for me, I, I basically cried through my accounting class in grad school, Right. had to get a tutor. Um, I, I ended up with, with a 97 in the class, which was like a miracle, but it was basically because of my tutor because he, mm -hmm. he really explained it well for me. But that is something that I don't want to spend my we wheels and time doing. And so I have right. a great accountant and he doesn't charge me very much to, to do what I need him to do because right. he's a family friend. So that helps even more. Um, but yeah, you have to think about, don't just think about taking care of other people's needs and your clients needs. While that is important, you have to also remember, you know, kind of the health of your business and, and the right. health of you, yourself personally. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I can relate to that 1 million percent, um, which, you know, I remember I was in like maybe the second or third year of my company and I kept having like recurring nightmares ev like every single night about missing deadlines and stuff like that. I mean, the stress was just eating my brain alive and uh, it can get, I mean, that's one of the downsides of being successful is if you don't expand your capacity and you hire the right people for the right, you know, challenges to solve the right challenges, then um, it just, it's just not healthy whatsoever. Yeah. Right. And I think too, you know, when you are creating something from the beginning and if, if you think in the end, if your end goal is, I really want to work for myself, mm -hmm. then you really have to think about, okay, how am I going to scale my business and scale what I'm doing? 
right. to replace the income that I have now. And then also to have a chance to maybe even grow more than, than you're making in your current job now. And I would, I would encourage people as they're building things and brainstorming and think of things is to diversify your revenue streams. You know, relying solely on clients to build your business is going to, to probably at some point burn you out. It may not in the beginning. So, so right now I don't really feel too burned out. I have a very manageable list. I had certain jobs get postponed because companies aren't going to trade shows. I don't need to design their booth right now, you know, and, and different things like that. Um, So I would just encourage them to think of, you know, how can they scale what they're doing? Because as your business grows, you're going to have more things that will need your attention and you're going to have to wear your CEO hat more than your marketing hat. Um, especially if you get into product selling and, you know, you've got sales tax forms and, and different things to file throughout the year. Um, so I would just encourage to, to think about, okay, not just having clients, but what else can you do that maybe will bring in some, some money for you that isn't going to eat up all of your time, like a client right. will. Um, right. And so, the, and there's lots of things. I mean, if you're a designer and you're really great at graphics, well, maybe you can start building up some stock imagery, you know, and market it to higher education people. They, they oh, need stuff yeah. all the time, <laughs> you know? Um, you know, I had a little, when I was working in higher ed, either I designed things myself or I had a little team of interns that I trained, you know, to help make social media graphics. Right. So all of that stuff takes time and, you know, sometimes even for myself, when I have to pull like a stock image for something, I just kind of like the photographer and designer in me dies a little bit because I want to do things myself. Um, right. And but, you know, sometimes you, you just got to do what's efficient. Um, and if there's a solution out there that makes your job a little bit easier, then take advantage of it. And then you can focus on another project. Work smarter, not harder. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Michelle, let's just refocus on one last thing sure. uh, before, before we depart here. Um, we have, uh, you know, there are students that have graduated or they are seniors now, um, that are looking for internships or, or if they've graduated, they're looking for work and the economy just can't support them right now. Right. So, in your opinion, what can they do to kickstart their careers when they don't have a lot of options in front of them? What would you recommend to them? Sure. Um, so there's a few things I would recommend. One, especially if you're you know, in the design or marketing space, really take this time to work on your resume. You probably have already done it before, but I would take another look. Um, and really see how you can make it better than what it is right now. I would encourage you to build an online portfolio if you haven't done so already. If you have done the online portfolio, I would take another look at it. What can you do Mm -hmm. to make it better? Same thing with LinkedIn. Make sure your LinkedIn page is optimized. Make sure you're sharing your work on LinkedIn. Make sure you're, you're communicating in that space, chiming in, 
writing, you know, meaningful comments on different articles. Yeah. And I would also take this time to, you know, work on any certifications. There are free certifications out there for students. Um, one that I personally love is HubSpot. They have great marketing certifications uh, for inbound, email marketing, social media. Mm -hmm. And even if students have this experience uh, in those things from previous internships or work they've done in their classes, I encourage them to take the certification because I guarantee you will learn something that you didn't know. And right. so that when you do start applying for jobs again and you have kind of this gap on your resume, yes, it's the circumstances of the times, but show your, you know, future employer how productive in that you've been in the initiative that you, you took to, to learn these new skills and you're so excited and you want to help them with X, Y, and Z. I think that um, will be a big thing. And another thing would just be, I don't get discouraged. Um, you know, Absolutely. before I decided earlier this year to just kind of go out on my own full time, um, you know, I was applying for jobs and it's completely discouraging because you spend hours and hours on your application and your portfolio and when you have yep. to retype your whole resume because <laughs> right. that's what their system wants, even though you have this beautiful PDF that you spend all this time on. Um, you know, I would just encourage, encourage people to, to not give up. And, you know, job hiring, you know, I've been on the hiring side more than I've been on the applying side. Right. And it is just, there's so many factors that go into selecting one person for the job that hundreds or thousands of people have applied for. Um, you never know. It could be somebody internal. Um, it could just be a contact. Um, you just, you just don't know. And right. so don't get discouraged. You're, you're the right fit for you is out there. And, you know, I think about jobs that I've applied for where I thought, Oh, this would be so perfect. Um, this is exactly what I want. And then you don't ever get an interview and you're just like, well, this is disappointing. But then something else happens down the line a couple of months from now. And you think, man, if I had had that job, this opportunity that I have in front of me right now wouldn't have been here. I wouldn't be getting to do this really cool thing that yeah. I'm doing now. Um, so everything, everything has, works out for a reason. And I know mm -hmm. when you're in the thick of searching, it's like, that's the last answer that you want to hear. Um, but it's really true. And, um, when you get to the other side, you're, you're going to be really grateful for where you, where you landed and all the lessons that you learn in kind of that season of waiting. Um, yeah. so take advantage of it. Enjoy the extra time for Netflix and, you know, some of the things that you like to do, but right. really spend time on, on learning. And, and I think even for me going back, so I went back to get my master's degree 15 years after I graduated undergrad. So I had a huge gap and, and I had been the, the, you know, college instructor, I'd been the mentor and the teacher. And so being a student again was a, a little little jarring and, and had to relearn how to learn right yeah 
but it reignited kind of my passion for learning and made me realize you really have to be intentional and never stop learning. It's so yep. easy that when you do get back into a job, you're in that job. And for me, my jobs were always really big roles where I felt like I was dog paddling all the time mm -hmm. um, and just trying to keep my head above water because there was so much on my plate that it limited my amount of time. Like I didn't want to pick up a book when I got home from work and read right. or watch, you know, a training class. I wanted to sit on my couch with my dog and watch Real Housewives. Um, so I just now after have been going through school, I mean, probably in the last two weeks, you know, I've been just, I have this idea. I want to build this new thing. And so I've been thinking, okay, what are all the things I don't know? I've probably watched like 15 online free webinars in the last couple of weeks. And I'm just absorbing everything that I possibly can. Um, and I've learned, I've learned a ton. I've learned a lot about sales and funnels and email marketing and things that weren't necessarily part of my responsibility in my previous jobs in higher ed, but are helping me to even like rethink how I do things in my business. Um, yeah. So I think that applies to everyone, even, even a senior in college or you just graduated and you probably feel burnt out from school. Um, there's no test with these classes. For the certifications through HubSpot, you have to take a test, but it's not a big deal, you'll be fine. Um, but it's really more for the joy of learning and, and then taking what you learn and applying it to just help, help you in your career. And it may even help expose you to something new that expands your job search too. Yeah. So um, never great. stop learning. Like that's, that's the biggest thing that I, I learned uh, going back to school is even though I was in higher ed for 14 years and surrounded by all of these amazing smart people who were learning 24-7, um, I wasn't as intentional with that. I mean, I taught myself new things as I needed them, um, but I didn't sit down and think about, okay, what are some things that I want to learn about? Um, right. And, and now I, and now I've done that. And now I know I'm, I'm not going to stop doing that. Well, I can think of no better note to end it on other than if folks are more are, are interested in reaching out to you uh, to learn more about your experiences in entrepreneurship and, and higher ed, how can they find you? Sure. Uh, so my website is dynamicmedia.com. So that's D Y E. Uh, which is my last name. And um, there's a way that you can contact me uh, through the website. Uh, Dynamic Media is also on Instagram and Facebook. Please don't judge my feed. And uh, you can <laughs> DM me there. Um, and I'm happy to help, um, you know, guide anybody or if anybody wants to ask me any questions uh, about some of the online courses that I've done. Um, I'm happy to help anyone. Sounds good. Thanks, Michelle. This was fantastic. And hopefully we can uh, tune in with you again sometime soon. Absolutely. I have a feeling you might be interested in my new project. So I will yes. um, keep you posted uh, when we launch. So. All right. I'll be there. Okay, great. Thanks for having me.